Welcome to the Partner Pod. I'm Hannah Keith, your host, and I'm ready to bring you insights and inspiration from the Microsoft Partner Network. Today, I'm joined by Phil Osmond, expert product owner who spends his time helping businesses maximize value by building the right thing at the right time for the right people. So welcome, Phil. It's great to have you on. Thanks, Hannah. Good to be with you. And I see you have a lockdown haircut for us today. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nothing but the best homemade haircuts. (laughs) Thank you. Good on you. Welcome. We've got a great conversation lined up. We're going to be discussing how a product approach uh, could be valuable or helpful to partners. Why should you even care about a product approach? And what does an approach actually look like? And having done some research into partners, I found that actually a, a PO function isn't that common. Phil's just in the middle of a 12-month assignment for a goal partner in data. So I'm interested to hear about more on that journey that that they've been on. Um, But first question, you know, because there's many different opinions on what a product approach is. So I'd be really interested to hear from your perspective. Yeah, what actually is that and how could it add value to partners, Phil? I mean, it's a great question. And um, one that I think that partners do well to wrestle with, to be fair. You know, in my opinion, product is all about value. It's all about generating outcomes. It's all about driving impact. And it's all really about focusing the team and the business on a vision and making that vision into a reality. And, you know, I know that partners and uh, consultancies and agencies are all different. And they work with a variety of different customers and different clients doing different things. But if you want to take those sales, if you like, and those customers. And if you want to turn them from more of a transactional relationship into a long-term partner that trusts you and that you can work with as the expert in, say, data or any other kind of integration, then I think having that focus on value, that focus on really making an impact and not just churning out features is incredibly valuable. Mm. But but shouldn't we always be focused on outcomes and value? No. Well, in my opinion, Hannah, yes, (laughs) we should. But it's incredibly, um, well, it's not really surprising in some respects, but, you know, it's it's interesting how teams can get really focused on features, on generating outputs, um, and forget sometimes that they're actually building something for a user, actually building something for a customer. And, you know, you see this classic thing where teams get so worked up over their, say, velocity or how much work they're putting through that they then forget to measure how much value they're actually bringing to the customer. Now, maybe mm. they can't measure, maybe that's sort of, you know, hidden from them. But for me, that's paramount importance. You know, what are we actually delivering to the customer? Is it actually making their lives easier? Because when we give benefit to the customer, that's when they give value back to the business. Mm. Yeah, perhaps measurement, you know, might be one of the biggest challenges. Um, how, you know, how can you measure that? What, what's your experience of measuring that that value? That is one that many teams and many businesses wrestle with. And it has to start at the top. It has to start with a vision. It has to start with an understanding of what success looks like and how that success will be measured. And I'm a big believer that we need to start with business value and understanding what dra- what value you're trying to drive um you know how will the business grow (laughs) you know how will your client succeed what do they need and then thinking about the business and technology levers that you can pull 
is a third lever as well, which is the user and the customer's needs. Mixing up those three levers, looking at each one, can have a multiplicatory effect, really, on how much mm. value you can deliver. But mm. at the end of the day, if you start with that value, that vision statement, look at the impact you're trying to make, and then say, okay, how can we drive behavior, be that user behavior, customer behavior, system behavior, that will have an impact on that um, key outcome or key impact you're trying to drive. Mm. And I'm guessing for partners to be able to 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 measure that, um, articulate that, um, get the client seeing that and experiencing it, you know, c- c- you know, it's going to have a multitude of benefits, isn't it? Um, from you know a happy client to you know um, longevity of that relationship, if it is an ongoing program of works, um, you know, in being able to measure that and demonstrate your your value to yeah potential other end clients, um, amongst other things, I guess. Well, it also has an effect on team morale as well and on team turnover. If your people are there doing good work and they're really bought into the solution, the product that they're building because they know their users, they know it's doing good things, they can see that and it's tangible, then that really gives them a driver. It gives them something to hang on to. And it's not just churning out more work and not seeing how it goes. I believe it's terribly important. Mm, okay so that kind of almost covers the point about why should you know why should we care about a product approach do you have anything else that you want to add to that um i think if you care about building the right thing for the right people Mm -hmm. at the right time and the product approach is very important um if you don't um if you're quite happy to build (laughs) whatever (laughs) and not be quite sure whether it's right um spend months on it and then deliver it pull off the curtain if you like and uh, people don't use it then um, you know crack on (laughs) but if you want to be building the right thing up front okay um you know you want to get quick validation i mean let's talk about this for a moment if you've got a problem to solve you know what's the cheapest way that we can validate that problem and if there's risks associated with um solving that problem what are the biggest risks how can we spend the least amount of time and effort and effectively money and resource on mitigating those risks early on uh, how can we get something into the hands of users that they can be using feeding back on helping us develop something better but also getting incremental value from as well mm-hmm. Do you know what i mean yeah, I hadn't thought about it from um, from the team perspective, but you're but you're absolutely right, aren't you? You know that, yeah, impacts morale, it impacts engagement, it impacts job satisfaction, it brings meaning and purpose. You know, we're all motivated by different things, but um, yeah, it's just not not just about the value for the client, is it? And I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. It's really interesting. Are there any situations where having this approach wouldn't work? Do you think? I think if you're in a very um, I call these like it's doctor versus waiter. You know, you understand you're in the restaurant and you ask for, you know, so you ask for free hamburgers all with extra cheese and bacon. Then yeah. you know, the waiter will bring those out to you and, uh, you know, they'll be very good about it. Do you remember when we used to go to restaurants? Yeah. Oh, wasn't it? Oh, don't. No, sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't have brought that up. Um, you know, and I think if you're uh, in that situation where you are really just doing what the client asks you to do then to be fair product will bring very little to the table but if you're in a situation where you want to be more like a doctor imagine you went to your doctor and you uh, went along with a list of drugs that you would like um you know hey doc 
please prescribe me these. I think the, the doctor would probably turn around and say, um, sir, can we talk about your symptoms, please? What are you actually experiencing? And it's the same in a partnership and an agency situation. You know, if we can get to talk to the client about, you know, under the skin, what really is going on here? Um, get to understand the problems, the needs, the pains and the gains. And then we can start to think about, well, actually, you know, what would work here? You know, maybe we can try some different approaches. You know, many partners, you know, particularly Microsoft partners, you know, they have an armory of solutions that they can bring out. And to be able to sell those well and deploy those well, they really need to understand really what the user is trying to achieve, what the client needs to do for success. And then that goes back to the team as well, Hannah. As it means that the team are not focused on, say, a statement to work that says, implement this, <laughs> and we'll all be happy when this is implemented. It means that the team can actually work towards milestones that involve the users. We say that after you know a certain number of iterations, the users in this client will be able to see this data and make these decisions. Isn't that great? It's not the whole thing, but it's giving them, A, incremental value, and B, it gives the team an opportunity to get feedback and learn from. We sometimes describe it as a walking skeleton. I prefer that to the uh, the term MVP. MVP gets misused all over the place, you know, minimum viable product. Um, you know, open to all sorts of interpretation. But if we talk about it as a walking skeleton, it's doing it's doing the bare bones of what they need to do. The client can start to get some incremental value, and then we can learn and we can flesh it out. And I think for data projects particularly, that is key. Mm. That analogy, I yeah, I find that really interesting, and it 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 it's, it really simplifies it, doesn't it? You know, the waiter versus the the doctor, and often I imagine you know organisations might might think they've got one problem, um, <laughs> from some investigating, they might have others which they weren't aware of, or you know they're trying to solve the wrong problem or not solving the right problem. So that that whole consultative piece right at the beginning is is key and I, I i imagine maybe through that process there could be times when we say actually we we we, we can't do this isn't possible not in its yeah. current form that yeah and that's a brave thing to say i know that not many agencies want to say no <laughs> to work but you really need to concentrate on what you can do and what you can do to bring value saying no is important yeah um but being really famous for what you're really good at isn't it um not trying to to do everything um but we have to say no yeah yeah great okay um what 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 challenges um have you seen along that product owner sort of journey you know in your in your career to date from the various assignments that you've been on um i think i'll probably call out two challenges really the first challenge revolves around the backlog and really organizing the work for people to do and, uh, you know, like we were saying earlier, teams often fall into the trap of just delivering features in a very monolithic layered approach. Sometimes they can be what I term boiling the ocean. You know, let's bring in all of the data, put that in the staging area. Great. Lovely. Now let's transform all of the data into any particular conceivable way it could potentially be needed. Um, you know, and sometimes, the, you know, if they're not doing that, they just start with one report, for example. Hey, here's one report. Let's get in all the data for that. Let's get in all the transformations, all the derivations, all the measures for that particular report. And hey, we'll do it. You know, and, you know, great. That could work. You know, um, yes, <laughs> there's potential for it to work. But what happens if 
when you get to delivering that report, that it's not actually what the user wanted. It might be what they asked for, but isn't what they need. You have to go back and you have to rework everything. Let's think about organizing the backlog to get that walking skeleton that we were talking about and just doing a very thin sliver, even if that means just a count of records and then fleshing that out to be able to slice and dice that count or filter it in some way. Mm. Right? Sorry. No, I was going to say, I'm guessing that's where agile working comes in, doesn't yes. it? That we, <laughs> should yeah, we have that debate? <laughs> well, product and agile are very close friends. Um, I don't like to go in saying, oh, you know, agile, 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 because I know some people have had bad experiences with agile and have been burnt by it. And that's understandable. Um, so I come at agile from the product point of view, which is saying, you know, how can we deliver this value? It's not about how can we get a better process. It's about how can we deliver value in a more sustainable fashion? And not not everyone gets that first time, has to be said. Um, you know, I think the second challenge is really focused on that is helping people understand where this product approach fits, particularly in terms of a team within a partner or an agency. You know, how how does the product team overlap with the strategic thinkers, for example? Um, where do they overlap with the client partners? And I think that sometimes there can be a little bit of confusion there. But effectively, you know, product people are there to deliver value. And, you know, it's there to be delivering the right thing at the right time for the right people. You know, doesn't that help the client partners, <laughs> you know, that they can be there creating that relationship with the client and really enabling um, a doctor expert relationship. And then the product person will be working with the strategic people to really make the vision something that is realistic and then working with the delivery and the team to turn that into actual reality in a way that gives the client that incremental value we're talking about, but also the um, the learning and the feedback that's required to avoid making mistakes. Mm. So often there's two journeys then. There's the journey with the with the end client, but then the journey, you know, with, with the, the, the partner or the agency themselves for, you know, internally for them to see the, the value of, of that, that product approach. And, and I guess that, you know, some of that responsibility um, may have been across different functions or different uh, roles um, where you're taking that away, aren't you? Now, and you're putting it into one place and giving that that, that piece ownership to, to somebody it must be a journey to take people. It needs to be, yes. And I think, you know, you really need to be sensitive to the situation. You really need to be sensitive to the people and be empathising with what they're seeing, hearing um, in that situation. And, you know, I don't think I could make any, <laughs> you know, <laughs> grand statements about how to tackle that other than it needs to be done in a very human way. And we need to keep that focus really on value and working out the best thing for the client and for the partner and the team involved. So um, last question, what does an appro a product approach look like then from, from your perspective? OK, I think we could probably tackle that in two from two angles. One of them is from the team angle, really. And it's working with the team. And this is where people are perhaps, you know, most familiar with the product owner uh, role or accountability as it is in Scrum, that you've got a team that works in sprints and, you know, they work from a backlog of work. And, you know, product is really keen on ensuring the right things are being built at the right time and in the right way and that they're understandable. Um, you know, and I think that really involves bringing the team along on that journey. I talk with clients about discovery and uh, design and not just someone sitting there 
in splendid isolation writing loads of stories and then shoveling them into the background and saying hey team do these um you know that very often leads to misunderstanding and uh, you've probably guessed it the wrong thing being built hey wouldn't it be better if we could bring the team on the journey and wouldn't it be better if we could be thinking out loud as well you know could we map what's required in a very visual and collaborative fashion could we you know have those design discussions um you know on a somewhere these days somewhere like miro or mural uh, used to be out on the whiteboard didn't it? you remember those days back in the office um you know and then recording those um and then you know really shaping that backlog in a way that means we get that value out early and we keep learning and that that's you know that's the skill of a good product owner really and then being able to work with the team to get that out there and get it into the hands of the users and review it and keep learning it's all very iterative all very iterative and it can be easy for a team to fall back into maybe a more of a kind of a staged gate or a waterfall um, approach and that's where the product person really wants to you know help them move away from that show them why <laughs> show them the goodness it's really a case of show don't tell um, you know we're in a situation where many people these days though many developers many delivery people have worked with product people now so that's easier i think you know another thing though that the product person will do and where it will manifest itself <laughs> in a partner setting is really thinking about that strategy and you know how the partner can help the client to win <laughs> you know and kind of leveraging remember we talked about those free levers you know the customer stroke le uh, user lever you know the data or technology lever and then the business lever uh, and they're all multiplicatory um and if you remember remember your maths um you know when you're multiplying values if any one of those is zero then you don't have any answer <laughs> it's all zero so they're important to think about um you know if, if it's not business viable if it can't be done then you don't have a product um you don't have a way of exchanging value if you can't leverage the technology if that's a dead fish in the water that or the customer won't use it then you don't have any value there either and if you aren't building something that the customer needs or will use then that is dead in the water as well so i think it's very important to think through those things with the clients um and also with new clients as well new work coming in we talked earlier about saying no and uh, playing to your strengths etc you know it can be very easy sometimes for partners to want to accept every single piece of work that comes in um you know and that's great and yeah let's have a conversation about it but sometimes you just need to say no and there's been occasions you know that i have been aware of where you just say no you cannot do that um, we don't work in that way um, and I think that that's a strong position for a partner to take and it's the right position. Um, but also selling the virtues of why you work in the way you do. Why are you so iterative? You know, why do you do this discovery? You, you, what, you mean you're going to spend about a month talking about stuff and not delivering anything? I thought you said you get value out early. Yeah, exactly. We do we get value out. Early. <laughs> you know, we don't just kind of rush in to building the wrong thing. That's that's a very important conversation to have with clients and, uh, you know, really set those expectations up early and then really get the um, you know expectations for the team set up as well. So that then as it transfers into the backlog and the team doing the work that, you know, still focus on outcomes, outcomes and value, Hannah, outcomes, value, impact. 
Well, yeah, and something just struck me there, that even when you're saying, no, we can't, it's not possible, it's not what we do, you're still adding value and creating a bit of insight because it's how you say no, isn't it? And um, the explanation that you give, the questions that you ask, how you explain that approach, the benefits, the pros, the cons, everything. And, you know, we're saying no, but this is why, because actually value is, you know, our, that, that's what we're all about. And where we can't add value, we'll say no. Um, and maybe, you know, the journey starts there for that client through, you know, reflecting, um, considering that, taking on board what you said, meeting maybe your competitors who are still saying yes that that honest approach of no and here's why would would sit would, yeah that 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 would uh, impact me i think it would make me think twice yeah interesting good well look we're, we're coming to the end of our time i'm you know really really enjoyed this uh, conversation i hope all of our listeners um have really enjoyed it too so just want to say thank you phil for uh, for taking the time really really great to see you do connect with phil osmond um, on LinkedIn. He, he'd, he'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to listen to any other episodes of the Partner Pod, you can find us in the usual place where you uh, where you download your podcasts. Or if, like me, you sometimes prefer to, to watch video, then you can visit our website, which is www.agilityondemand.com to see all of our episodes. Thank you very much. And we hope to see you soon.